Well, good morning, good morning. And thank you so much for being here on uh, this Memorial Day weekend. We know that you have a choice of, of what you're going to spend your day doing. And we're so grateful that here in person and there online that you chose to join us for Memorial Day. Well, uh, today, uh, as Andy said, I'm the Connections Pastor here, and you may ask yourself, what does a Connections Pastor do? Um, the Connections Pastor, I get to oversee some great things here in the ministry, uh, such as our next steps. Our next steps are classes um, for people that are re relatively new to the church, or people that have been coming here for a long time and just have never really connected in the life and the fellowship of what's going on here. Um, so we actually have next step number one happening next week. If you've never been to this class or it's been over two years, make sure you come to this class. This class is really going to explain to you who we are, um, go a little bit more in depth in, in what we believe and how we make an impact in this world. So if you've never been to that class, please come next week. We'd love to get to know you a little bit better and see you in that class. And then also on the third Sunday of the month, if you can't make it next week, come back for the third Sunday. We have next steps, next step number two. You can go to that. You can uh, get connected in that. And next step two is all about you discovering who God created you to be. And we want get, to get to know you a little bit better in that class um, and help you get plugged in into an area of serving here in the church or there online. So um, without any further ado, we're going to go ahead and jump into the scriptures this morning. I'm going to start um, in 1 Corinthians 9 and uh, verse 24. And here Paul is talking to the church um, in Corinth, and he says this. He says, Do you not know that in a race all runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable crown or wreath, but we do it for an imperishable. So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one who is beating the air, but I discipline my body. I keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. The next scripture I'd like to read to you this morning is found in uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 8. And this is Paul talking to Timothy. He's one of, the, one of the people that he has helped develop his faith and mentor this man. And this is what Paul says to Timothy as he begins talking. He says, training your body helps you in some ways, but devotion to God helps you in every way. It brings you blessings in this life and in the future life too. Here is a true statement that should be accepted without question. We hope in the living God, the Savior of all people. In particular, he is the Savior of those who believe in him. And this is why we work and we struggle. This morning, let's pray before we, before we dive in. Father God, thank you so much for this time that we get to spend together. God, I thank you so much for your word that can transform and change lives. Father, we, we, we choose to acknowledge your word and allow it to go deep on the inside of us. God, you said that your word produces in our life a fruit that lasts or a fruit that remains. So this morning as your word goes out here in person and there online, Father, I pray that every person in the sound of my voice, God, would accept what you are saying this morning. 
Holy Spirit, I acknowledge you, I ask, that anything that is of my own intellect or understanding, God, I pray that it falls to the side, but anything that is of you, I pray that it goes deep down onto the inside of every person that hears it this morning. God, we pray all of these things in Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, I'm so grateful for the word, but have you ever noticed in life that there's this principle that uh, the, only through the greatest struggles do we find the greatest victory? And nowhere is this more apparent than every four years as a world, we gather together and we watch what? The Olympics, right? Paul's talking about these athletes that are training for a crown and they're training for a prize. And, and the Olympics was something that was even done in his day. Um, this, this is something that we aspire to. We look at these athletes who have spent their entire lives, as Paul said, training and disciplining their bodies to bring, the, to bring them glory and, and to win a prize that is perishable. But we as believers have to choose to discipline ourselves in a different way that brings a crown that is not perishable, that doesn't fade away. So you look at the Bible, you look at all of these examples of endurance, right? Because these, these athletes who are training in the natural, they have developed something in their life called endurance, right? These guys endure the hardest training, the, the, the toughest situations, and, and their body, yeah, it's trained. But as you look in the Bible, I, and I grew up in church, I don't know about you, but I grew up hearing stories of people like Gideon. Gideon was a guy who, who had 300 soldiers. God took his army and whittled it down to just a few, and he endured some, some training and some, some disciplining so that he could take 300 men and defeat armies of thousands. You, you, I remember hearing stories of people like King David, right? Anybody know about the story of King David? He endured some discipline in his life. He endured some things, uh, defeating lions and bears so that one day he could face a giant and defeat that giant. And this discipline in his life allowed him to do that. I also remember hearing stories of people like Daniel. Daniel was somebody who had such faith in God and in God's presence in his life that he endured a den of hungry lions for his relationship with God. All these things take something called endurance. And I want to look this morning at, at the definition of this idea and of this word endurance. Endurance is this. It is a characteristic defined as the ability to withstand hardship or adversity, the ability to sustain a prolonged stressful effort or activity. I got to uh, participate in this, uh, this idea of endurance in 2016 when I began running and training for a marathon. Do I have any runners in the room? Any, any, any athletes in here? We got, we got a couple, right? Okay, I see you. Um, so one of the things about running a, a marathon is, is you have to undergo some serious training in your life in order to do this. And I want to give you guys a little perspective of what that training looks like. That training consists of 12 to 20 weeks of, of running and training, um, and you're trying to develop something uh, in your life or, or develop your body so that you can withstand running 50 miles in a week. 
50 miles in a week is a lot. I, and you don't do that all at first. You don't start there, of course. You start with short runs like three and four and five miles. And by the time you get to, to the end of your training or close to the end, you've developed this endurance and this strength in your body that allows you to run up to 50 miles in a week. And you can do that from three to five runs. But really what you're trying to do is develop something that will enable you to, in one day, run 26.2 miles, the distance of a marathon. So in, in July of, of that year, uh, my wife and I had decided to go on vacation, and, and I was coming close to that, to that apex of training. Now, now at the height of my training, um, I, was, I was looking to get to that 50 miles. I was a couple weeks away from that, um, and the longest run that I had done up to that point was 14 miles. Um, I, was, I was building my endurance, building those runs, probably three to four runs a week, um, and trying to make sure that I was getting in my distance. But we were going on vacation, so I decided, hey, I'm going to push myself, and I'm going to go for a, the, the longest run that I've done so far, since I'm only probably going to get one over this vacation. So uh, we visited a friend of ours that was in Redding, California, and uh, I chose a trail that was going from Shasta Dam all the way down into the city of Reading near Sundial Bridge, for those of you who are familiar with the area. Um, this trail was a beautiful scenic trail. Um, you start up at the top of Shasta Dam and you get to look over all of the mountain ranges and the hills in the area, and, and you wind up following the river all the way back into town. It's a beautiful run, uh, not considered a beginner's trail by any stretch of the imagination. It has a lot of ups and downs, and it starts with a half mile steep decline in the very beginning of the run, because obviously you're coming from the top of the dam and you're making it all the way down to the riverbed. So my wife and her friend, they dropped me off at the top of the dam. I told them, hey, I'll keep my phone on me. I'll make sure that, uh, that the tracking device is on on that. So in case I fall in the wilderness, you guys can come find me and track me down, you know, make sure I'm not getting eaten by wolves or something at the end of the day. Um, but as, as I began this training and as I began this trail, the half mile was beautiful. I, I, I'm going down and, and really gravity is just kind of taking control, right? Anybody ever run downhill? You're, you're just trying to stop yourself from like going too fast. Um, but as, as I went down, it didn't take much, much strength or endurance. And then I hit the flats and I really started finding my stride. I started finding my pace and, and getting my breaths right and, and, and carrying on. But the, the scenery was, it was absolutely gorgeous. I'm running along the river trail and about mile two and a half, I feel this sharp pain on the back of my ankle. And I'm thinking, oh man, I got a rock in my shoe or I got a, a splinter or a, a sticker or something like that. And I looked down and during that first half mile, I had not been used to running such downhill stretches and I developed a blister on the back of my ankle. At two and a half miles in on an 18 mile run, that blister popped. And of course, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in pain and I'm trying to clean it up and I'm thinking, man, what am I gonna do? Am I, am I going to turn around and go back to the dam and like call for help or am I just going to carry on? I'd run through many blisters and, and, and things of that nature before. So I decided, well, hey, let's just go for it. So I carry on and I, and I clean it up and I keep running and I get to about mile six and, and at mile six, I am just, man, this thing is just screaming at me. My body's like, okay, you need to stop and take a breath. Um, so I did, I, I, I stopped and I did what I often did in a lot of my runs. And that is, I just kind of centered myself. I refocused. 
I came back to this place of, of, of going, okay, God, I'm out here in the middle of nowhere. I'm in the middle of my run and I'm hurting. So I'm going to talk to you. Um, and I'd done this on many of my runs before, but I really quieted and, and started to refocus why I was out there running. Um, you see, I, I was training for this marathon, not just for the simple pleasure of running 26.2 miles, if you could call that pleasurable, I don't know. Um, but I was, I was doing this marathon to raise money to go to the Philippines on a missions trip. And uh, so when I started talking to God and, and really quieting myself, I felt the Holy Spirit start impressing on my heart that this run was much like a step of faith that we take in our life. Now, it, it wasn't this huge, you know, uh, like Pastor mentioned last week, it's not like the Indiana Jones stepping off a cliff kind of step of faith. It was just a decision to go a little further, to do something that I hadn't done before, and to accomplish a goal. And when I had set out in this step of faith, I faced something called resistance, right? It's, it's that thing that comes against you when you set out to do something great in life. And this resistance didn't mean that I wasn't going to finish the run. It just meant that it was going to take a little bit more endurance in my life. Maybe, maybe you've had kind of a, a situation like that in your life. Maybe that sounds familiar to you. Has God ever asked you to do something in life that was uncomfortable? Maybe, maybe God catches you and, 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 and asks you to do something that you've never done before. And you just feel like, man, this is the right step to take. And once, once you step out and you start following what you feel is the call of God on your life, all of a sudden you face resistance. It seems like it's harder than you expected it to be. It seems like maybe it, it takes longer than you expected it to take. And see, this, this, is, this is the true principle in life, that life is not just a walk in the park. Life becomes a struggle when you're fighting for something. And in that, that struggle is really something that makes us stronger as believers. Uh, Pastor Aaron mentioned this a couple weeks back when he was wrapping up his Romans 8 teaching. He said that we are strong through the struggle. What does that mean? That means in life that, that we have to face those things that are harder in life in order to accomplish the things that we're really called to accomplish. You see, in, in life, there's, there, every runner understands this, that as, as we run, we have to build the endurance. We have to face those things that are uncomfortable and unpleasant to get to those things that are enjoyable and rewarding. And this is a principle that I have put into practice in my life. It's become a part of my life's mission to face those things that are uncomfortable to face those things that are unpleasant so that I can get to those things that are enjoyable and rewarding in my life. You see, in, in, in running and in training for anything, we, we discover a principle that, that endurance takes something called discipline, right? And, and, and maybe you hear that word discipline, that, that word discipline in our lives sometimes has negative connotations. We, we think about um, the way we were raised. We think about um, maybe the life that we've lived. And discipline somehow becomes a negative thing. But the truth of the matter is, is that discipline in your life is there to create something. It's there to develop something on the inside of you. This, this, this word discipline, if you look at the, the root of this word, it actually has the same root as the word disciple. You ever thought about that before? 
A disciple, in fact, you can, you can look at one definition of disciple, and the definition could be said as this, a disciplined learner of the master. And as, as we go through life, we discover that this discipline has to take place in our lives, just as Paul said in 1 Corinthians. He said we discipline ourselves. He said, I, I discipline my body so that after I've gone out and I've preached the word and I've talked to others about what God can do, I myself won't be disqualified. I won't fail in the thing that God has called me to do because I've disciplined my body. Now, now runners know this too, especially when you're running a marathon, um, that discipline of your body is not the only discipline you have to undergo. There's, there's a discipline of your mind. And, and, and your emotions, because when you get to mile 16 and mile 17 and mile 18 and 19, you know, you, you start hitting this wall and your body wants to just shut down. Um, and, and, and in life, you know, that's kind of where we land sometimes. It's we just want to shut down because it got harder than we expected it to be. But this discipline of the mind and, and of our will, um, some people call it an iron will where you develop something that allows you to go past the physical uncomfortability and make it to the goal that you've set out to accomplish. So, so we see these two parts, but there's, there's a third part to this too. Because I, I don't know if you guys know this, but we were created in the image of God as three parts. We have a body that God formed from the dust of the earth. We actually sang about it a moment ago. When God formed our body from the dust of the earth and created it, it became this physical thing that you see standing before you today, right? It's the vocal cords that create sound that allow you to hear what I'm saying. But that body is not our only part. The second part of who we are is our mind, our will, and our emotions. This is the thing that gets trained so that when I, when I talk to you, not just the vocal cords are working, but, but now you're, you're hearing my thoughts processed out loud, correct? This is, this is how our, our mind, our will, and our emotions connect into this. And the third part of who we are is our spirit man. The spirit man is the thing that God breathed into Adam in the very beginning. If you look in Genesis 2, it says that God formed man from the dust of the earth, and then he breathed life into him. When God did that, in that moment, man, cre man created was made an eternal being. Someone that would never die. Someone that would be with God and would live for eternity. That, that was the original intent of God when he created man in the garden. So in this, I want, I want to dive a little deeper into these three areas of discipline. The first area that we've been talking about all morning and you're probably sick, of, sick about hearing me say, but is the physical discipline. Now, when Paul was talking to Timothy, he said, physical discipline, it has a benefit in your life, right? It is beneficial to discipline yourself physically because in life, we, we know this, that if we don't stay healthy, if, if we don't take care of this body that we're given, then it breaks down much, much faster, right? If we don't discipline it and eat right and eat healthy and do the things we don't like to do, then all of a sudden this body will start to fail us prematurely. Um, but really, physical discipline is, is only temporary. Physical discipline is something that only lasts for a certain amount of time. I can tell you this, the physical discipline that I underwent four years ago or five years ago, I guess, um, 
it, it, it is not the same discipline that I have today. In fact, I could not run 26.2 miles today if I was being chased by a hellhound. You know, I mean, it, I, I could not do it. Um, but this discipline is something that everybody in here knows that fades. In fact, everybody in this room is heading towards the end of their life at some point where everything physical will pass away. So that brings us to the second area of discipline. The second area of discipline in our life is our mind and our will and our emotions. And this, this is where sometimes in our culture it gets a little uncomfortable to talk about the emotional discipline because in our culture, everything is emotional, right? People, people start looking at, at, at a cause to follow and everybody gets wrapped up in their emotions and chants and cheers for it and runs after it. But an undisciplined emotional state will wreak havoc in your life. I love that Andy said this a couple weeks ago. He said that in our life, we have to process our truth through the lens of God's truth. This is how we begin to discipline our mind and our will and our emotions. Because if you don't discipline it, I've been in places where I've felt such uncomfortability and such pain in my life that I've made bad decisions. And pain will do that in your life. You'll make bad decisions when you're in an area of pain. And this takes discipline. This takes the iron will. This takes the mental hardness in our life that needs discipline. And every runner knows this. They've got to develop that mental discipline. But the last area that I want to talk about this morning, and this is really where I want to spend just a few minutes, is the spiritual discipline of life. The spiritual discipline, much like the other disciplines that you have to develop, is something that doesn't happen overnight. The spiritual discipline in our lives is really something that, that causes a, a lasting change. Spiritual discipline, in fact, is the only thing that will create eternal change. And, and we find this true when, when you give your life to Christ or when you devote your life to Christ, as Paul was talking to Timothy about, yes, your spirit man is recreated. He's made brand new. The Bible says the old things pass away and behold, all things become new, right? This is spiritual, the start of spiritual discipline. But spiritual discipline doesn't happen at the moment you made that decision. Spiritual discipline takes time, just like the effort of training your body and training your mind. Spiritual discipline happens over time. One of, the, one of the most important ways that we develop spiritual discipline in our life is we take this right here. Every runner has to have their food. Every runner has to have water and hydrate their body in order to endure the distance that they're about to run. But the second area of disciplining your spirit is when you begin to pray. You begin to have conversations with God. You begin to draw closer to who God is. And this is, where, this is where we really land on something that has significance in your life. This spiritual discipline of prayer is what enables you to finish your race and do it strong. See, when I came to, to, to myself and, and, and I was at like mile 14 of this run, uh, my wife and her friend, they tracked me down. <laughs> I had the iPhone tracker running and they came across the path. They found a place where the road intersected with the path and they pulled up and they were like, hey, Brett, get in the car. 
You've been out here way too long because I've been walking and running, you know, part of the trail. So it took me much, much longer than I anticipated that day. And I love my wife. I love, I, I love that she is such a strength and a support in my life. In fact, I would not be the man I am today without the encouragement and the support of my, my loving wife who's watching online with my son this morning. But when they pulled up that day, they, they weren't trying to, to get me to stop out of, out, out of spirit. They, they were saying, naturally, you've got to be tired. You've got to be dehydrated. Here's some water. Take a drink. Get in the car. We're going to take you back to the house. And, and I had to make a decision in that moment. And some of the questions that I asked myself were questions like, if I didn't finish this run today, would I finish a marathon in a month and a half? If I didn't finish my run today, would I make the impact in the Philippines that I was really aiming for to create change in the world around me and to see souls saved? If I didn't finish my run today, would I really accomplish the things that God had set before me to accomplish? And I answered all those questions when I told them, nope, give me the water, I'll take a drink, but I'm gonna finish my run today. And I did. I finished uh, at much longer than I expected, got in the car and went home with them. And then a month and a half later, I finished the Santa Rosa Marathon, 26.2 miles. I made it. Now, now, yes, I had a cramped thigh and it took me six hours, much longer than I expected, but I finished the race and I got the medal, but it wasn't about the medal. It was about something much deeper. It was about the souls that would be saved in the Philippines when I went on the missions trip. It was about the, the conversations that I had with God in the middle of the marathon when my leg cramped up. And I said, okay, God, I find myself again at mile 14 having a conversation with you. And I started talking with God and understanding that this spiritual discipline developed something in me that was much, much greater than any natural or mental discipline that I could have. It enabled me to see truth when all I was surrounded by was lies. It enabled me to, to do the things that God had called me to do even when I thought they were impossible. It enabled me to hold on to my faith when what was going on in my life was trying to shake it. This is what spiritual discipline did in my life. And I'll say this, if you could take one thing away from what I'm saying this morning, just one, it would be what Timothy told Paul. Devotion to God can create endurance in your life that will never fade. It will never fail you when you develop this spiritual discipline. This morning, if we could all bow our heads and close our eyes. I'd like to take a moment just to reflect. Maybe, maybe as I'm sharing my story with you and, and you're thinking about areas in your own life, maybe, maybe you've experienced physical discipline. Maybe you've experienced emotional discipline. But maybe you come to a point and you say, I've never given my life to Christ. Maybe you're in this room and, and you've never made a decision personally to make Jesus your Lord and your Savior. That's the first step in creating spiritual discipline. And may, maybe you are in this room and, and you've made that decision before. 
Maybe you're watching online and this, this decision that you've made before seems to have failed you. It seems to have faded away and you don't, you're not as excited about your relationship with God as you once were. You don't feel like you have the endurance that you once had as a believer. I want to pray for you too. In fact, in, in this place, if either of those are you, if, if you want to make a fresh decision to follow Jesus or you need a refreshing of your spirit, I'd like you to just lift your hand up. Nobody's looking around. It's just me and I want to pray for you. Okay. And there online, you can text decision to, to the number on the screen. We would love to pray with you and make a decision with you to help support you. Father, I thank you for every person in this room. God, I thank you that you have, you have made them something strong. God, that when we make a decision to follow you, as it says in Romans, when we, when we confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord, that we will be saved. God, I thank you that that decision creates a new spirit on the inside of us. That we're given spiritual discipline and an opportunity to have relationship with you like we've never had before. And Father, for anybody who is making a fresh commitment to you, a decision to follow you in a fresh way, God, I pray that you would, God, that you would refresh their spirit. God, that you would bring them back to their first love, to that excitement that they had when they first decided to follow you. God, I thank you. God, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you that it's true. God, that your spirit comes on the inside of us and brings times of refreshing in our life. God, I pray all of these things. God, I ask that you would bless your people. In Jesus' name, amen.